Talking It Out seeks to better connect our lives and the lives of others to God through the power of discussion. The spiritual pathway is often a crooked line, full of doubts, confusion, and setbacks. We believe that no matter where you are in your journey, you can always take the next step by listening to and discussing the Word. Talking It Out is conducted by those who are far from perfect in their knowledge and understanding of God, but seek to be better connected and inspired by God. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Talking It Out. Are we going to have to actually change the name of that? Because like in Pittsburghese, it's Talking It Out. A-H-T. Yeah. Instead of Talking It Out. I know. I kind of feel bad. I feel like almost we're dissing West Virginia and still keeping with our Pittsburgh. I think, should we make the transition or should we just keep annoying people with that inflection, that accent? I don't think I'll be able to stop at this point. <laughs> it's just ingrained in you. Yeah. And that's how you become a yinzer, folks. Yeah. It's just you don't even realize what you're saying, like yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And you just butcher every yeah. word. You know, that could be like our secret agenda for the podcast. <laughs> Turn like, people hey, into yinzers? Yeah. Okay. That we're really trying to talk out biblical concepts and principles and, you know, trying to dissect that but really what we're trying to do is yeah turn people yeah. to users yeah you know there's a big steelers uh pop uh, fan population around the country so both oh, yeah. of my brothers live outside of pittsburgh as well and they like around when the pittsburgh when the steelers were doing well and or they would go to watch they would go to watch a game at a restaurant or you know a pub or what have you and they would i mean it was specifically there was one in stanton stanton connecticut or shoot not stanton was it stanton connecticut oh i, I feel know. bad i don't know, I don't know connecticut <laughs> okay well maybe that'll fly for this but um he lived in connecticut and they, they went to a a pub up a, a, a restaurant that was specifically like that was where all the pit people went to cheer for pittsburgh and watch the game i've heard of that and i when Around. i lived in columbus and and they weren't they would have regional um coverage in columbus ohio but columbus ohio is only four hours from pittsburgh but um, you also compete with the Cleveland and Cincinnati markets, and in this case, um, you found places that were decidedly Pittsburgh yeah. um, tilted. So. so it's a big thing. So I yeah. guess we're doing our part. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're part of the nation. Um, the other thing, too, that I was going to say that I just forgot. So I'm going to, oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. So I'm Rick Oh, my Philpott. God. <laughs> You're terrible, Silvis. Co-host. Yeah, we got we got like into terrible talking towel. about yeah, Sorry. talking it out. Um, but welcome back, and we are still focused. This is session two of the, our new series of Andy Stanley's video series. If your money could talk, in the first one, he talked a lot about greed and uh, assumption. It the assumption that money is for my consumption. And the way that we need to challenge around that. And, and you had some examples of, you know, I always think it's interesting that life kind of has a way of affirming. Yes. Where your direction is going. If you want to go ahead and, uh, yeah. and, and lead off with that. So as we carry on this podcast, we are, you know, we're very intentional about finding topics that we 
uh, one to start some conversation with. And, and that kind of hit home for us. And, and I woke up one morning and thought, well, let's find something about money. That's something that, you know, people can relate to. Yeah. And so I, I, I woke up and I started looking at this study, um, on our, um, so, at the church, we have a, a, a platform that with right now media that we go through and we can subscribe and we, we get these studies. So yeah. uh, we go through there and uh, it's been a really uh, a great, great leg up on finding things. So I found this one by Andy Stanley and you're, and if your money talked and, and, and there's a really funny comedian in the beginning. And so it's, it's just, I was like, Oh, okay, that's neat. And I watched like three of the four episodes that morning. And then that day, so many things came to life about money, specifically with my children. So I'm home with my children during the day and um, all of the day, I don't know, during the day. <laughs> at night, I run away. <laughs> People ask me why I run. I say, because I'm running away from my children. Oh, good job. Good job. It's called a timeout. Yes, it's called a timeout. This is for mental health and not because you're in trouble. Absolutely. And yeah. that will be a topic in the future. <laughs> so I, uh, that day I had hidden a couple of days prior, I hid my son's wallet. Okay. I, I basically shoved everything into a black bag <laughs> because he was just having some hard struggling with some discipline and it, you know, it happens as we all struggle. I struggle with discipline too. Okay. But I don't have a mommy to shove my things into a black bag. Yeah. So, but I, I saw his wallet as well. Of course, I took the phone, of course. And his wallet was right next to it. I said, you know what? He doesn't deserve to spend his money because he's not being a good stewardship of anything right now or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, he doesn't deserve it. So I took it and I actually hid it somewhere so safe I forgot where I hid it. Okay. I put, awesome. I put his phone in my drawer, which he stole that day. And that was not good. That did not turn out well for him. <laughs> the wallet I put somewhere else in a very safe spot. And whenever he, he was finally asking for it back, he was mad that I couldn't find it. And yeah. I was getting a little nervous as well. Yeah. And eventually I found it. But the anger and the ire that kind of it created and angst and anxiety that created in him was really telling. He was like, I earned that money. And, you it know, this isn't, money. yeah. And this isn't me calling my son out, but this idea of it's, it's my money, you know, well, yeah. it's, it's technically not his, but at the same time, if I lost my money that I had earned, I would as well oh, be yeah. exclaiming, but he, oh, yeah. it, it, it was a moment of conviction for me. So this isn't me calling out my son and saying that, you know, he behaved badly, but it was more of like, oh my gosh. And so this, this happened after I came upon this study and saw all that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then later on that day, my, my littlest one, uh, my six-year-old had I showed her where I hid her money. <laughs> I showed her where I hid her little piggy bank money that she gets from birthdays and, and everything. And I said, no, you don't go here without mommy. Well, later on, she comes through my door with her envelope, just smiling. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get to have the freedom with that money. Cause I'm not so sure that you're going to be a good steward of that. And and those kind of things. So that day was like, oh my gosh, Russ, we've got to do this study. <laughs> These are the things that happened today. And it just kind of was affirming. So we are here. 
Well, a couple of th- couple reactions just to that. One is, it, it, you know, I think about a time when I accidentally left my debit card at a restaurant. And then when I go to pay for something somewhere else and then I go to reach for it and it's gone. Yeah. The anxiety and the fear and the anger, or frustration or whatever, you know, comes up along with that. I I can see where your son was coming from with that. Yes. Um, and then, and then the other with you, with your daughter, it's like when we're told, Hey, don't do this. Then, then the first thing that we want to do is kind of test those boundaries and, and test those limits to see, you know, how, how serious are you really about, about doing that? Uh, of course I would never, I would never test boundaries, but I know plenty of other people would. <laughs> I highly, I think that you're <laughs> fibbing now. You really should not fib. Yeah, no, that was, that, that's um, a sin. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel really bad about myself. Now. Okay. So that, that's, yeah, go ahead now. And that's so. Well, Andy, Andy goes on in session two and he's talking about our spending habits and, um, that one of the things that, that if money could talk to us in this episode, um, he says money would say to us, the moment that you think you own me, I own you. And that's, you know, he goes on to explain too, like we allow our income to drive our spending. And then he says also, and this really stood out for me, we spent, you know, a lot of times we spend what we make and what we make, if, uh, you know, for instance, if you, if you had a $25,000 job, you would, you would spend what you make with that. If you had a $50,000 job, you would spend what you make with that. And he said, our habits follow us up that financial ladder. Yeah. So if you're spending what you make at $25,000 a year, even if you get up to $250,000 a year, then, you know, if the habit follows that, then you're spending $250,000 a year where, you know, when, when we're making 25,000 and we say, oh my gosh, if I made more, I would be in a better position. Yeah. He said, you're actually carrying more stress at that yeah. point because it's easier to replace a $25,000 job a year than a $250,000 job. If you were to lose that, then you're, then you're already spending at that amount. And then it's hard to replace that. And right. so there's pressure and anxiety and stress that goes along with that. Absolutely. And he says, then we end up being, and, and there are times when we get to a place where we are spending more than we're making. And so then we are a slave to money. We are a slave to debt. We are uh, a slave to the collectors. Um, and, and all of that. And so that's, that's where I guess he's saying the moment that you think that you own money, it actually owns you and we right. become a slave to it. Right. And, and his follow-up question was, who's running your life? Who's in charge? You know, the right answer is, oh, God's in charge. Right. But in this case scenario, if, if we're spending so much focus on the money, it's, it's running our lives. It's running what we do or don't yeah. do. Yeah. And it shouldn't be in, in control, but it's, it is because every decision is based on, well, how much do I have yeah. to do that or not? And I've, I've had times like that and, and, and I felt the pressure of that and it's like, oh my gosh, how do we, how do I keep stretching myself financially, you know, to, to get the things that I want 
or that I, that we want for our family. And then it's like, Oh, okay. How then do I stretch myself to find ways to, to make that amount and get that amount and can become very stressed, very anxious, very exhausted. Yeah. It's hard. It is. And a lot of times those, those, you know, so you, those habits follow, those habits are monthly billings. <laughs> it's not like you spent that much money and now you're done. It's like, it's the, invest, yeah. it's the monthly investment. And so, you know, you live in a big house, you have a, a high electric bill or gas, bill, that those kinds of things, yeah. so, you know, you grow that. So it's, it's not as simple as just like, well, we'll just spend less. It, there's a, there's a monthly accruance of things because, right. you know, that's, that's the continual lifestyle. And, yeah. and, and if you can, you know, how can you manage, are, are you able to manage that? Are you managing it well? Yeah. Or are you, are you in distress about it? Yes. You know, so you know, that, that begs, I don't know about the question, but you know, is it okay to have, to earn a lot of money? You know, should we feel guilty? And, and, and I want to pose this, maybe not necessarily, you don't have to answer that, but to our audience, is it okay to make a lot of money? should we feel bad about making a lot of money? Because I feel like that's where the conversation might be going. Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we respond to that? Or how might you respond? Or how do you think that we should think about that? Well, we'll have to, we'll have to talk be... that one out. Yeah. I Cause think I'm so. not, I, there are times when, you know, and I look at the way that we live and the things that we have, and I'm like, well, do I really deserve that? And I almost feel like a sense of guilt with that. Right. And um, so, so that's, that's, that's something I go back and forth on. And that, that, and so, so comes to mind, not only is it, is it the amount of the money that can be afforded or not, but it's the anxiety that the person that God put a certain personality on you to be able to handle it or not. So that there is lies that nature of like this whole thing around money. There's so many layers to it. Yeah. You know, cause I tend to feel guilty as well, but at the same time I feel very okay when I buy like my fifth plant of the day because <laughs> I'm like I I have a, a plant addiction um I think oh it's only you know this much or what have you and it's making everything look nice and blah 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 um but at the same time sometimes I'm, I'm thinking oh so I really toggle between feeling the guilt and feeling like it's okay yeah. I think the world teaches you really in general, you deserve it and you're worth everything. Right. That you should you should be getting whatever you want. But the the biblical view or the Christian view is you are worth it in God's eyes, whatever happens, whether you have more or less. You know what I'm saying? That we're regardless of how much we have as far as financially, then we're still worth it in God's eyes. Yeah, that we're still worth it. Like, I feel like the world pushes you to get everything that you can because right. you're worth it. Right. Which is, I don't think is a very healthy perspective. Yeah. You know, it's a, maybe the conversation would look like this, like it's a, I can reward my, myself with something, you know, that might, I might enjoy. Right. Okay. That doesn't determine my worth. It's not just because I'm worthy. And I think it's like God determines my worth. Yeah. None of those things that I can buy determines my worth. Right. So that perspective may have to come in. Yeah. 
and I guess what he was saying, even in the first episode of money may bring some meaning to your life. Like you can use it. I'm, I'm, I'm messing this up. I know I am. Let me go back to my notes on the, it's on the not one. the meaning of life, but you can use it as a tool to bring meaning. Yes. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, if we continue to invite Jesus and invite God into our finances, then that can guide us on. And I guess it doesn't matter if you, if you have very little or if you have a lot um, that can give you the guidance of, you know, where, where that can have uh, be a meaningful yeah. um, use of that. Can I tell you when I lost my son's wallet, I was getting nervous as well. And, and, and I was like, well, if I really lost it, I owe him, you know, the value that amount that was in there, which wasn't like chump change. It wasn't, terrible you know yeah. it was a young earned some grass cutting money i was like oh and then i had to give him my money and i earned my first thought was i earned that <laughs> and then i kind of had to take a step back and invite jesus into the conversation and be like <laughs> it's gonna be fine whatever happens no matter how everybody is at me right now <laughs> it's gonna be fine yeah and it will give meaning to him if I just give him my money that I earned because <laughs> it was just, I'm, you know, wanting him to not be so upset. But at the same time, that greed was just so natural. Uh -huh. It was oh, so yeah. natural. Oh, it's such a um, automatic response. It is. And so this idea of unfairness. So he talks about the parable. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to that a little bit. Okay, so in Matthew 25, uh, uh, Jesus tells a parable of a, a master and three servants, and he gives each of the servants amount, a certain amount of money um, to manage according to his ability. And so the one got three, was it shekels? I didn't write down that exact part. Oh. Yeah, I thought I, th I thought I think it, the first one got five bags of gold. Five bags of gold. The yes. second one got two bags of gold, and the third one got one bag. So they all got uneven. Right, according amounts. to his ability. So that's step one, or or lesson one is God's giving according to the ability of these people, okay. these men. Yeah, and so. Each of the 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 men that got five and two, they doubled their earnings. Um, and the one, the the man, the servant that got one bag, he buried it. Yeah, which is probably why he got one. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, I'm thinking God knew what that guy was going to do. <laughs> so at the end of it, when the servant comes back into town, he left on a journey. He left them into in town, and he left on a journey, and he came back to see what they did with the, the money. The master. Yeah. He came back to see what they did with the money, and learned, you know, uh, what they had done, doubled or buried. And he, the money was all given determined to be given back to the master so the guy that buried his and got and you know didn't multiply the money and the and the men that did multiply even more so they none of them got to get any of the money do you the think money, the guy that buried it just like hey listen uh he was russ I, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day the I, former russ i don't know what happened to the money yeah. it's just kind of uh well didn't people must have taken it or didn't people used to they like i knew people um you know where we used to live they 
they uh they put their money they didn't put their money in the bank or at least a portion of their money they buried it in like the cell the cold cellar in the ground you know so i guess maybe that was a way it's kind of like i put it in the bank in the ground so it wasn't going to accrue anything it was just going to be hiding uh-huh Mandy's grandmother, when, when she had passed, um, they had found like in all sorts of different places, it was just oh, money tucked yeah. away in all, all these different places. So I guess that's just what they used to do yeah. before the banks were there and then interest and all that stuff, yeah. whatever. So at the end it was quote unquote unfair, you know, to the men that all of them were left in the same place as they started no matter how good or bad of a steward of that money they were. And do you, you know, thinking about the human frustration of that, like, Dude. Oh my gosh, Hey, look, I doubled this for you. Yeah. I got 10 now. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And so do you think he was expecting some kind of kickback or reward or you know, praise or oh, yeah. something? And so it all went back. And it really struck me too. And it was like, it all had to go back to the master because it belonged to the master. It always belonged to the master. Yeah. And so the parable reflects and, and um, represents that of God and, and we're the servants Yeah, and God is the master. Yeah. And so these parables represent that relationship. It never belonged to us in, in the beginning. Yeah, that's a hard thing to wrap around because that's not what, unless you or like, the end. really start out learning that. I mean, to learn that in adulthood, can you imagine how hard that is to kind of wrap your head around? Uh, yeah. Like, wait a minute, what? And 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 so with that really comes this trust in Christ. When our society right. is structured around this, oh yeah. You you go to school, you uh, you you get a job, you improve your job, you work there, you do a good job, you get a better job, you make more. So everything is suggesting that based on your efforts that you you get more, you earn more. It's right a merit kind of system there, but this is like oh, so I'm oriented all towards that, but then the stark reality is that it doesn't belong to me ever. Yeah. So foundationally, maybe we're missing it off. Ugh. I think we're both staring at each other like, oh, we better start teaching our children this a little bit better. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck. I'm dumbfounded right now. Like, I, I'm sure they talked about it in the sermons, but I probably wasn't paying attention between the ages of zero and. 18 yeah right i mean really i right. probably wasn't you know to some of that it didn't hit me or hurt me as as much because i didn't have kids and i didn't have all the responsibilities but yeah that concept is nowhere unless you're going to provide that foundation for your kids in in the way of, of you know with god's word so one of the things that, that that andy was saying too is we need to be responsible and accountable to god and he was really encouraging that you track where you send it and where you spend it is how he said it for your money. I downloaded an app as he was saying that. So, we'll, you know, when we record future episodes, I guess we can look at and see what, what insights. And I'm like, you, you know, without really tracking it, do we really know where it goes? 
And Andy says there should be no mystery with our money. Um, it, it should be very clear. Yeah. And then if we have to be accountable for where we're spending it, not to ourselves, not to our spouse, but be accountable to God. Yeah. On how we're spending his money. That's not our money. That's a whole different landscape of looking at it. That's a big, that will be a big shift for me. Not completely unheard of, but to think about being accountable to God for all your spending, all the in and out of the, the money and the circulation of that. I feel like I should backtrack through the summer because now I'm done buying plants. <laughs> <laughs> What's done is done. What's done is done. And I feel like I'm kind of cheating. By now. Uh -huh. <laughs> I really did get addicted to buying plants. Yeah. Well, I think there's things like that and it's like, Oh, you know, and we can, we can get caught up in the, in, in things and, and it just happens and it just, we kind of get swept up, but at that point, we're not looking at it with that perspective and we're not looking at it like we're not tracking. And it's like, oh, it, I think this happens with anything. You track your time, you track your money, you track your eating, yeah, you track your exercise. And then it's like, oh, it's, am, am I really putting my money where my mouth is? Yeah, that, that brought up a, I was thinking, I wrote that down too, because, you know, whenever I'm trying to get in better shape, I track my running, I'll track my eating. Yeah. Because I'm like, what goes in is, well, yeah. that's what's in. Unless you burn it off, that's what's in. And, you know, it, right. it really does follow that, thankfully, still in my, in my 40s. I yeah. think as I get, you know, as you get older, that metabolism thing goes. But the, the lesson was, it's like, unless I track then I don't attain that better level of fitness. Yeah. If I just hope for it, I do really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this, there is also this motivation. So, you know, sometimes it's scary and builds a lot of anxiety to do it. But then once you do it, you have a certain freedom, I think, of yeah. having been intentional. Well, maybe, maybe we could kind of check back with some of this and see like, what, what are, what are we noticing as, um, spending and, and being accountable to God, you know, without getting into the details of it, but you, yeah. you know, like, Oh, uh, did that change our perspective on how we looked at when did we catch ourselves buying something and then saying, Oh, from this new perspective that <laughs> I'm going to catch you at Kroger, uh -huh. and you're going to put it back. You're like, I don't need that gum. <laughs> I'll just get the cheap stuff. I don't need the big bowl that, that goes in my cup holder in my yeah, car. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And again, I'm not accountable to you and I know, but I'm watching. <sighs> you. <laughs> This is God speaking. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll come behind you. This is God speaking. Are you sure you need that, Russ? <laughs> you think God sounds... Well, we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking It Out. And, um, and, and again, pay attention to and talk with other people about what would that look like if we were accountable to God uh, for our, our spending. And, and what that would look like and how that would change your perspective. So 
you know, keep having these discussions. And invite God into your discussions too. Yeah. Ask, talk to God about, okay, you know, can can you help me be more intentional about my money today in a yeah. way that uh, I just, I do my part to glorify you and to, to you know, pursue the kingdom. And, and, yeah. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. And with that, we'll close out with a little peace out. Peace in. And peace all around.